This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. Hello, Raw Beauty crew. How is everybody doing today? I'm so, so happy to be here with you. I'm recording this. It's November. It's definitely dark here in Vancouver. It's definitely cloudy. It's a bit rainy. I know I've had some client calls this week with people who are like, it's 80 degrees down here. I'm like, what? (laughs) That sounds so nice. Anyways, wherever you are right now, let's all collectively take a deep breath in and a nice low and slow exhale out. Just coming back into the present moment, no matter what you're doing, whether you're driving or you are hanging with your kiddos or you are alone right now, just chilling, maybe you're cleaning, whatever you're doing, just coming back to where your feet are. I'm excited for today's episode because this is a topic of conversation that comes up with basically every single one of my clients. And I cannot believe I haven't done an episode on this now, but hey, there's no time like the present. Today, we're going to be talking all about negative body image triggers. So those things that we experience that send us into a bit of a body image spiral and can really light us up in feeling not enough, feeling like we need to change ourselves, feeling low, feeling depressed, feeling anxious. We're going to talk about the three most common triggers that I hear about, and I'm going to walk you through a bit of a strategy and a plan to support you in moving through the experience of being triggered, if that happens to you. And we'll also talk about how to do some deeper work around actually healing the parts of us that become triggered. So if you are working on your body image or your relationship with food or your anxiety, you are in the right place right now. There is something for you in this episode, and I can't wait to dive in. Before we get going, though, I just want to make sure that each and every single one of you know that I am a registered health coach and I am love working with women in particular who are struggling in their relationship with food and their body. So if you are somebody who has been stuck in this cycle of dieting or restricting, maybe you're noticing that you eat emotionally a lot of the time or you find yourself binge eating sometimes, feels like you lose control around food, or maybe your weight's been creeping up year after year and you just don't feel at home in your body right now. 
overwhelm. My job as a coach is to support you in meeting your health and wellness goals. Now, I look at health and wellness not just as a tool to support us in getting smaller in our body and fitting this beauty standard mold that's laid out there, but I really look at health and wellness as being holistic and supporting us in not only feeling the best in our life, but actually being able to live out the best, highest version of our life. We all know that we have dreams or hopes or goals that we aspire to, and so often we get blocked in the way of getting there, and that does not feel good. So my job as a coach is to help you get crystal clear on how you want to feel in your body, where it is that you want to go in your life, whether that's improving your relationships or aligning with your purpose more deeply or really crushing it in your career. All of these pieces of your life play into your overall well-being. So I help you identify where it is that you want to be. And then I help you identify what are the things that are getting in the way of making that happen. And here's a hint. It's always 99.9% you and your own limiting beliefs, the stories that you've created in your mind, the patterning from when you were a child that are holding you back from getting to where it is that you want to be. And so that's where I love to come in and to help you untangle those beliefs and step into your best self. So if you are in need of a coach in your life, somebody to provide a system, the support, the encouragement, the motivation, and a guided path that actually will move you forward, will move the needle forward, I want you to click on the link down below and book a free 20-minute breakthrough call with me. On this call, I'll help you come up with a plan specifically for you to help you to get you from where you are right now to where it is that you want to be. All right, let's dive into this episode. Have you ever being out with friends and you're having a great time, or maybe you're on vacation and you're just feeling kind of blissful, you're feeling really good. Somebody snaps some pictures, you take a look and you feel this heat (laughs) rising over your body, or you almost black out a little bit, or you just feel like, oh, you see the picture of yourself and you can't believe that that's what you look like. You actually like do the two fingers zoom in and then you put the phone down and your evening or your day or your week feels ruined based on seeing this one picture. It absolutely crushes you. Have you ever stepped on the scale or been weighed at a doctor's appointment and felt your cheeks go red as you felt so much shame around the number that showed up for you and the meaning that you had have given that. Maybe you step on the scale every single day in your life and the number that you see in the morning or the evening dictates or has a lot of control or power over how you feel for the rest of the day. Or have you ever had a night out, been drinking some wine with girlfriends or maybe you went to the club have not been to the club in a long time, but anywho, and you woke up the next day and you feel like a shell of yourself. We often call this anxiety, but if you are struggling with food and body image, any of those things after drinking, it can be 
a little bit extra what's showing up, a little bit extra going on in the mind. The self-image is a little bit lower. So if you are nodding your head to any of those things, this episode is for you, and I'm so excited to dive in. You may want to just press pause for a second, and down in the show notes is a handout that has something called the Emotional Vibration Scale on it, along with a number of tools to help you climb that scale, move up that scale while also regulating your nervous system. I'm going to refer to this handout in the episode. Don't worry if you're driving right now and you can't grab it. I'll make sure that everything makes sense. But at some point, you definitely want to grab this handout. It is so epic having this scale really helps you visualize and understand what is happening when you are triggered or when you're in that space of limiting beliefs, low self-esteem, feeling shame around your body. So I want you to see and be able to visualize the scale because we all learn in a lot of different ways, right? And then in this handout, I'm also going to ensure that you have steps to help you move through that state of being triggered when it happens so you can keep it on your phone and you can refer back to it if you need it, okay? So grab that handout. It's the emotional vibration scale and tools to help regulate the nervous system. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. Over. 
In today's episode, I'm going to start off by just talking to you a little bit about what's happening in your body when you get triggered so that you understand what's going on, which then allows us to talk about how do we get you back from that space to a more grounded, calm, a beautiful place, okay? Then we're going to talk about the three most common body image triggers and how to deal with them. We're going to go through each one of the triggers, and I'm going to share with you some strategies to help you move through them with a bit more grace. I know for me in my 20s, I was triggered almost daily around my body image. And when I was triggered, I was beside myself. I mean, what I saw in the mirror and the way that I viewed myself and my self-talk, it was off the hook. Like it was so negative. I was so hard on myself. I would be triggered by magazine pictures. I would be triggered by other girls and their bodies. I was triggered by my sister and the size of her jeans. I was triggered by comments that people made. Everything lit me up. And then when I was triggered, I was making choices about the food that I was eating, the way that I was working out, how I was showing up in life. Like I missed days at work. I missed social activities because I didn't feel like I could go because I was so triggered all the time. So whether you feel like you are really activated right now a lot of the time or you're just getting triggered, you know, once a week, once a month kind of thing. There are going to be strategies in here to support you through that. Plus, at the end, I'm going to share with you how you can use these triggers to actually help you improve your body image, right? We're going to talk about how we can use these triggers to help you improve your body image, not how to just survive them, but actually how to evolve and grow through them. To start off with, let's talk a little bit about what it means to be triggered. Triggered is more of a clinical term that now has become really widespread and everybody says it all of the time. I actually don't say the word that much when I'm talking about myself. I use uh, the word or term activated instead. Who knows when I switched over? It just feels more aligned for me. But triggers refer to the experience of having an emotional reaction, usually a big emotional reaction, to some sort of topic. And often the topic is a bit more disturbing in nature, a bit more threatening in nature. So maybe we see violence or someone mentions suicide or loss or somebody mentions body image, which it's wild that this has become a disturbing topic, but it is in particular for women and more and more men. So it's this big emotional reaction to some sort of topic or a social setting. There is a difference between being triggered and being uncomfortable. We can be uncomfortable and discomfort. We can learn a lot from that too. When we are triggered, we're experiencing a really strong negative emotional reaction that is generally touching on some sort of past trauma or abuse, okay? So these triggers are often some sort of stimulus that's bringing up an involuntary memory of something that happened 
in the past that was traumatic. And it can actually take the person who is being triggered back to that space where they were being bullied or they were in that car accident. Rather than just remembering it, they're feeling the experience again. So this is more of the clinical definition of being triggered, but people use this word really flippantly now. I tend to say, "Woo, that really activated me, like really activated something in me when you said that or when I heard that or when I saw that. You can decide what feels right for you, but I want you to start to notice when it is that you are being triggered, when it is that part of you is being activated. When we're activated, when we're triggered, we move out of our parasympathetic response, which is rest, digest. And this is the space that we want to be existing in most of the time. This is where our nervous system is just chill. It's all good. Whenever there is a threat or even a perceived threat, the parasympathetic nervous system switches over to the sympathetic nervous system, which is designed to help ensure that we survive. We also know this as fight, flight, freeze, or some people also refer to it as fawn when we sort of shut down. So fight, flight, freeze response clicks on when we are triggered or activated. And in this space, we are all geared up for survival. Our body is no longer digesting in the same way because all of our blood has been shunted to our external arms and legs to help us flee or fight in the situation. Our pupils dilate, our heart rate increases, and our scope or our ability to see the entire picture in front of us becomes very small. All of a sudden, the brain is simply focused on survival. We're not able to see, you know, this thing, that thing, that other option over there. We're not thinking from a really critical space, as in like looking at all the options that are there. We are just in survival mode. So when we are activated or triggered, this response has clicked in in the body, which changes our perception of the world around us. Okay, now maybe you've heard of the book Law of Attraction, and whether you believe in this stuff or not, it doesn't really matter. But Esther Hicks, who is one of the authors of this book, she created a scale called the Emotional Vibration Scale. Again, whether you believe in it or not, it doesn't really matter. This scale simply looks at all of the different emotions that humans go through and experience, and it puts them in sort of a ladder as to which emotions are the most high vibration emotions and which emotions are the most low vibration emotions. Now, you don't need to worry about who's talking about this or the words that they're using to describe it because I can guarantee that you felt those emotions in your body and you've experienced how they impact the way that you feel in your body. You know when you're feeling hopeless, depressed, anxious, or shame that your energy completely shifts. It lowers. You don't feel as good. You most likely want to retreat and stay home. You don't feel very outgoing. 
Whereas when we look at the emotions that are noted at the top of her emotional vibration scale, optimism, creativity, joy, fun, gratitude, all of these things, when we're existing from that space, we feel good. We feel confident. We are feeling empowered. We feel like we can go out into the world and connect. We're more confident. So you've experienced being in some place on that scale. And you know that when you are triggered, when you are activated around your body image, that you are existing from a lower spot on that emotional vibration scale. Now, I have this emotional vibration scale in a handout ready to go for you so that you can actually see what it is that I'm talking about down in the show notes. So click that to get a version or a vision of this scale. And then I've also got all of my tips and tools from this episode to follow it so that everything fits together, okay? So you know that Oftentimes when you're triggered, if you were to just do a quick scan of the body, that a lot of the feelings that you would have would be things like disappointment and worry, maybe jealousy shows up, insecurity, guilt, unworthiness. All of these things are down at the bottom of the emotional scale. And so what we want to learn how to do is to climb the ladder of this emotional skill, to move up from insecurity and unworthiness, to worry, to feeling overwhelmed, then moving up the scale further to being a bit pessimistic, feeling a bit bored, moving up further where you've got hopefulness and then positive expectation and then passion and at the top joy and appreciation and empowered. So imagining this scale that we want to climb. Whether it's easier for you to visualize the nervous system and moving from rest, digest into fight, flight, freeze, or this emotional guidance ladder that I'm talking about. Either way, what I'm hoping here is that you understand that when we are triggered, we're moving into a space where we are not able to see the world in an optimal way. We don't feel at our best. We are not tapped into our highest self. But then here's the exciting thing. We have the full capacity to move ourselves back into a better space. We have the full capacity to regulate our nervous system or to climb that emotional vibration ladder or scale that I'm talking about, okay? So we may get triggered, but we also have the capacity to move ourselves back into a space where we feel better. And I really want to drive that point home that you not anybody else, have to take the reins. And if you're finding yourself triggered all the time, you are the one who can move yourself out of that space. And we will talk about what that looks like. First though, let's talk about these triggers, okay? Let's talk about these triggers. I think I actually have a fourth one that came up as I was writing all of my notes for this episode. So I'll touch on that one as well. So the first trigger that comes up all the time in my coaching sessions and in the Raw Beauty Reset are pictures. I cannot tell you how many people, and it doesn't matter if they are a freaking supermodel or not a supermodel, (laughs) all of us have had a moment when we see a picture and we completely spiral, when we are like, how is that? This is not what the what, huh? Have you been there before? 
you felt pretty, you felt good, you had a cute outfit on. Maybe you didn't even have a cute outfit on, but you were just in the moment and present with whoever you were. Somebody snapped a photo, it made its way back to you, and you felt that sudden twang of anxiety. That dark cloud comes rolling in, makes everything a little bit more gray. The anxiety is triggered, the depression is triggered, the not enough feelings are triggered, whatever it is. And for everyone, this experience is going to feel different. For some people, it will feel all-consuming, and for other people, they feel all of that, and they're annoyed, and then they're able to move on. So the first trigger that comes up all the time are pictures or photos. The second major trigger that I notice all the time is the scale. And not so much the scale. <laughs> it's actually stepping on the scale and seeing the weight, seeing your weight, seeing that number on the scale. When I was younger and in my 20s and also teens, so I think it started around 16, I weighed myself every day and at the height of my eating disorder, probably three times a day. That number on the scale really helped me feel in control of every aspect of my life. It was like, if that number stays the same or it goes down, I am good. If that number goes up, I am bad. I am doing wrong. Things are feeling out of control. I'm not enough. That number held so much power over me. And I constantly went back to it, back to it, back to it to help me determine whether I was good or whether I was bad. Now, I know today that many people are weighing themselves less, but sometimes we'll go to the doctor or something will come up medically, and this can be a really triggering moment for people. Still, seeing that number on the scale, especially when there's somebody else there looking at it as well, writing it down in some awful cases, making a comment about it, it can be a really triggering experience. Being at a doctor's office, going to the hospital, uh, starting a new fitness program and having your measurements taken. This is, I think, probably at the top of the list of triggering things. So we'll talk about how to address this in a moment. The third thing that comes up frequently is alcohol. And again, it's not alcohol. Alcohol sitting in the bottle is totally fine. Can't hurt us. It's when we drink alcohol and everybody's body reacts differently to alcohol. So some people can have more, some people can have less. Most of us probably shouldn't be having any at all. Ultimately, it is a poison. It's a depressant and it changes the way that we see ourselves in the long run. We know that in the long run, alcohol impacts our self-image. The trouble is that when we first drink alcohol, it can help us to release some of the limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves. It can help to soften insecurities or that little voice that makes us feel socially anxious or is questioning this, that, or the other things. We feel more free and uninhibited. The challenge is that as the alcohol wears off and we move into a space of alcohol withdrawal, which none of us really connect the dots that that's what's happening when we have a hangover, we're experiencing withdrawal. When we're in that withdrawal experience or moment or day or two, it has a huge impact on our mental health. 
Drinking alcohol gives you a flood of dopamine, which is a brain chemical that's associated with pleasure. It also affects your prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for controlling your inhibitions. Because of this, alcohol lowers stress and anxiety in the short term, in the moment. For some people, it's for like one hour. For some people, it's for a whole evening. It can temporarily make us feel confident, so it's no wonder people want this. But the research shows that in the long run, it actually lowers self-esteem. The fourth sneaky one that I'm going to add in here right now would be comments (laughs) from other people. So whether you were bullied as a child or you constantly heard your mom talking about being on a diet or talking about your body or grandma or grandpa said something about their body, whatever it is. Other people's comments can be incredibly triggering if you are navigating your own relationship with food and your body. So I'll I'll sneak that one in there. I think it's a big one as well. But the main ones that come up over and over again are those pictures, the scale or weighing yourself, and then alcohol the day after in particular, the day after drinking, and the hangover that ensues can be incredibly damaging and difficult in regards to the way that we see ourselves, the way that we see and feel in our bodies. Okay, now let's talk about how to actually move through this because for the most part, being a human being in 2023, you are going to be photographed. You're going to see yourself in pictures. And a lot of people are still drinking and it's part of their life. So you may experience some sort of hangover. You also are most likely at some point going to weigh yourself or be weighed by somebody else. So let's talk about how to navigate these moments when you've been triggered. So the first step, as with so many things in life, is to be aware that this is even happening, to notice I'm triggered right now. I am activated to just name it, to name the fact that you are now operating out of a space of fear, anger, shame. The reason that I want you to have this handout that I've created is because you will actually start to visualize this scale that's in there. And you'll see those those higher vibe emotions are highlighted in yellows and oranges and brighter colors. And these low vibe emotions are black and red and darker. So you'll actually be able to visualize in your mind, if this is the type of person that you are, Okay, I am in I am in the dark. I'm in the basement right now of that scale. Okay, I can acknowledge that. And I remember Aaron told me when I'm here that I cannot trust my thoughts. I am not seeing myself accurately. I am not able to come up with a plan necessarily to get myself out of this. So I'm going to look at that handout and I'm going to follow her guide, follow those steps that she's provided on where to go from here. So the very first step is we've got to have some awareness. you got to name it to tame it. All right. So name, I'm triggered. I'm activated right now. The next step is to regulate the nervous system. So remember at the beginning, I said, when you're triggered, you're moving into a state of fight, flight, freeze, fawn, and your sympathetic nervous system has clicked on. 
Now, the sympathetic nervous system switching on is happening unconsciously. You didn't decide, okay, let's move into fight flight. That is an automatic system that is happening in the body. But you do have a choice and you are able to now regulate yourself. So the number one way that we can help support our nervous system is through our breath, breathing deeply. So I love 557 breathing. You've heard me talk about it before. But essentially, we breathe in for a count of five. We hold our breath for a count of five. And then we exhale for a count of seven. And we repeat this about 10 times. So if you've been triggered, moving yourself into the bathroom, getting into the car if you can, or even if you're in a meeting and it's happened, just start to breathe. Five, five, seven. Breathing in for five, holding for five, and exhaling for seven. You can run your hands under cold water or get into a cold shower. Not always available or accessible, so hands under cold water will help as well. You can move your body. This is the number one way to regulate the system. So getting out for a walk, even if it's 10 minutes, honestly, even if it's 10 minutes, do some jumping jacks, get down into plank, dance. Dance is so incredibly healing. Some people find they can support the emotion moving through them by doing something like yelling really loud. So this is great if you're in the car, if you live at home alone, or you can go into the bedroom. Put your face into a pillow and scream. This will help regulate the nervous system. You can also shake your body. If you've ever seen an animal shaking their body, this is built into our DNA. Just simply stand up and shake every part of your body as much as you can. Imagine your nervous system, which spreads throughout your entire body. Imagine you're shaking it out like a towel right now. And that shaking is going to help move you back into a space of rest, digest. Okay, so we're breathing. We've got cold water. All of this is in the handout. Maybe you're moving your body. You can use your voice and yell. You can shake. All of these are ways to help move you back into a space of rest, digest, or to help you climb that emotional vibration scale. Now, as the nervous system begins to regulate, as we start moving up that emotional vibration scale, we're able to move into a place where we can actually take a look at what is happening and be a little bit more objective about it. We can see all the different pieces that are coming into play. So the next piece is that this is a beautiful opportunity to build that muscle of self-compassion. You know, oftentimes when we think self-compassion, you know, it feels really easy to be self-compassionate with ourselves when things are going well, when we're happy with the way that our body looks or our performance at work. But true self-compassion is built in those moments where you're not super happy with what's going on. So after regulating the nervous system a bit, it'll feel easier to find this voice of self-compassion. And in this moment, you may ask yourself, what is the kindest thing I can say to myself right now? What would I say to a friend in this moment? And part of you will probably fight back against that kind, compassionate voice. Yeah, well, I still hate my body right now, or that weight isn't okay. Listen, we're not glazing over or dismissing the things about yourself that don't feel in alignment, but hating yourself and being mean to yourself and abusing yourself is never going to move you to a space where you love yourself more. You know, even when you lose the weight, 
even when you perform, even when you have the money in your bank, if you have not built a self-compassionate voice, that voice will not be there when you hit that goal weight. You'll just want more. You will just keep striving. You will just keep being hard on yourself. Your vibration will continue to be low. So this is the moment when you've been triggered to start practicing finding that voice of self-compassion. This is when we dig deep and ask ourselves, what is the kindest thing I can say to myself? Now, I want to remind you in this moment, when you are triggered, when you're moving back to a more regulated space, you cannot trust your thoughts about yourself or about the situation. The thinking mind goes very whack-a-mole when the nervous system is not regulated. It's not thinking in a logical manner. It is in survival mode. So we just don't really trust our inner thoughts in that moment until we are back to a more regulated space. Then we can make decisions and take action from there and have conversations from that space. From that space, you figure out your action plan. Step number six is to create a little bit of space from the trigger or the thing that is activating you. Now, some people will say, don't do this. You can't avoid the triggers in life. That's escaping them. It's escapism. But hear me out here. I think if your nervous system is highly dysregulated and you're feeling really anxious or, you know, somebody's said something to you or you're constantly weighing yourself, I think it's a great idea to give yourself a break from the thing that is constantly triggering you, to allow yourself some space to become more regulated, to allow your brain chemistry to begin to change. So if I was going through any of those triggers before, whether that's the photos or the alcohol or weighing yourself and you're like, yeah, that's really triggering, you don't need to be subjecting yourself to those things, even though maybe you think you do with the weighing and alcohol, you don't need to be subjecting your your nervous system and your body and your mind to those things day in and day out. I would recommend taking a break from them, really giving yourself a chance to reset not saying you have to take it away forever, but I know for me, it was incredibly helpful to take a nice long two-year break from drinking. And I stopped weighing myself somewhere along the way. And now it is so few and far between that I weigh myself. I mean, I really truly can't even imagine the last time. And I've done so much healing work now that if I do step on the scale, I mean, the number just doesn't mean much. It does not have the same effect on me as it did before. But I had to take a break. So you may consider actually creating some space between you and the trigger or the thing that is activating you. If you have a partner or a parent who is saying things constantly that are triggering you, this is a beautiful opportunity to have some conversation. But ideally, we're not having it from that highly triggered place. Ideally, we've regulated that nervous system down a little bit. We've moved up on that emotional vibration scale. And then we are having those conversations from there, creating boundaries with these people from there and moving forward from there. Okay, and then because all of this is so heavy, you know, sometimes when we're working on ourselves, it can feel like, uh, we're trudging through some mud. Will we ever make it through? I'm going to leave you with some profound words from a character on Schitt's Creek. This is Catherine O'Hara. I love this quote, and I hope it makes you smile. Take a thousand naked pictures of yourself now. You may currently think, oh, I'm too spooky. 
or nobody wants to see these tiny boobies. But believe me, one day you will look at those photos with much kinder eyes and say, dear God, I was a beautiful thing. Honestly, isn't she the best? She just kills me. I absolutely love her. Play that over again a couple times whenever you need it. Sometimes this stuff can feel so heavy and just so much, and it's so much work. We got to find some lightness within all of it. So go take a thousand naked selfies of yourself and move on from there. Okay, great. So let's just roll through that action plan here quickly. The first step is awareness, noticing that you have been triggered or activating and naming it to team it, just naming it out loud. Whew, I am triggered right now. That activated me. <laughs> now, hopefully you'll have a visual from the lesson up above of your nervous system flipping on and moving into that fight, flight, fear space, or you'll have this vision from that emotional vibration scale that you are at the bottom of the scale in this space and the goal is to move yourself up that ladder or to flip the nervous system back into rest digest. So step two is to regulate the nervous system. And I shared several ways that you can do that. Breathing deeply, putting your hands under cold water, moving your body, yelling, shaking the body. There's tons of stuff that you can look into as to how to regulate the nervous system and then climb that emotional vibration ladder. The third is to practice self-compassion. We practice self-compassion not just when we reach the place where we want to be. We practice it and we actually build that muscle in those moments when we're actually feeling disappointed in ourselves, when it feels like we're not enough. Those are the times when we really have to activate that muscle. The fourth thing is to remember not to trust your thoughts or your self-image when you are in a space of being activated. Number five, don't make any big decisions from this space. We're not having any big, deep conversations from this space. First of all, getting yourself to that place where you're more regulated. And then from there, you can move forward with a plan in place and just operating from that more grounded, highest self as you move forward. You may want to create some space from the trigger or the thing that is activating you. So the pictures, the scale or weighing yourself, the alcohol, it can all be triggering AF, <laughs> to put it simply, when it comes to body image. But there is some beauty in the things that activate us. So let's talk about how to use these things and these moments to promote deeper healing and greater inner peace, which is ultimately what all of us are looking for. We want to feel more calm in our body. We want to feel more at home. We want to feel confident and we want to feel at peace. So the strategies that I talked above are great at getting you through the moment, moving from triggered to a space of calm and stepping back into our power. And steps like reducing alcohol can change your biochemistry. It can change the neural pathways in your brain. Ditching the scale, breaking up with the scale, taking time away from weighing yourself can also help to change your neural pathways. It can move you out of a space of constantly being triggered back into that space of being in your highest self. But the reality is with all of these steps, we're not getting to the underlying wound. Right? We're figuring out how to put a Band-Aid on it. But 
we're not actually addressing what is it underneath the surface that keeps getting poked. I want you to imagine for a second, maybe close your eyes if you will, that at some point in your upbringing, whether it was at home or something that you were taught in your community or in our society as a whole, there was something that created a wound or a sore spot. When we are triggered as an adult in you know this moment today, it's like someone has taken a stick and poked that wound or they've rubbed some sand in it and this has caused a big reaction. What we were just talking about is how do you clean the sand out of the wound or how do you put a Band-Aid on it so that it starts to feel a little bit better? What I want to talk about now is how do we actually heal the wound? How do we turn that wound into a scar so that when it's poked or when somebody tries to rub some sand in it, it just doesn't hurt as much. It doesn't bleed anymore. We've got to think about why are these things so triggering? Why are they sending you into a frenzy? Why are they turning your sympathetic nervous system on? Why are they sending you into the basement of that emotional vibration scale? I believe that our triggers or the things that activate us are actually invitations to greater healing, right? It's like a big door (laughs) if we walk through it, if we're brave enough to walk through it, we get through to the other side and there's so much goodness waiting there for us. But a lot of people are too afraid to walk through that door. It's too uncomfortable. Or maybe they haven't been given the tools or they don't have the support to do that. Your triggers are your teachers. They are the guide to healing. They are the staircase that you need to walk up if you truly want to feel better in your life. Rather than just avoiding the triggers constantly, we want to get to the place where the wound is so healed that even if that person with this pokey stick or that number on the scale or whatever it is, that it's just not able to activate you in the same way. So like I mentioned earlier, I step on the scale now and I see the number and I feel nothing, really. It doesn't ruin my day if it's up two pounds or down two pounds. Like it just doesn't really phase me because that wound that I had is now a scar. It's now healed. I have a completely different perception of that number. My worth is tied into completely different things. So your triggers are pointing you in the exact direction of where there is a wound, where there is an opportunity to heal and evolve and grow and find more self-love. We can try to change the things around us. We can tell mom to stop making those comments, and she probably should. Let's be realistic. Not my mom, but I've now heard so many stories of moms making comments, you know. We can try to change the things around us. We stay at surface level, though, you know. We can... Try to change our body. That's generally the go-to. Let me just lose the weight and shrink myself. And this, this, these feelings of inadequacy, the feelings of jealousy, they'll go away. But they don't. You have to go within. You've got to stop looking to all these external things and trying to change all these external things in order to feel better. The healing all happens within. And the areas within us that need tending to As they heal, they're going to change the way that you see yourself and the way that you show up in your life and the way that you relate to others and your, therefore, relationships. It changes everything. 
So when we talk about self-love, it's this fluffy conversation, but it really is the root of all healing. And it really does help us up-level every single area of our life. You see, maybe at one point, mom insinuated that you were fat, or the bully at school did, or the images that you saw in media led you down a path to feel as though you were fat. And fat has been demonized in this society when there's nothing wrong with it. We've been taught that it is not enough. So when you consider yourself to be fat, it hurts. And it's all you can see when you look in the photo or in the mirror. You just notice the weight gain of that part of your body that every single woman has that she zooms in on or focuses on. What you've done in the past is focused on shaping yourself into a more digestible version that mom or that bully or or society in general will love, that they will find acceptable. But here's what happens. As you do that, you start to lose yourself. You forget who you are. You forget what matters to you. You disconnect from your body. You forget what foods you like. You start following what that other person told you you should like or what they told you you should eat. You forget to listen to your body. And over time, the body stops talking back to you because you've ignored it for so long. Things never feel great from this space. It's just a path of more disconnection, more anxiety, more depression. So instead of simply focusing on shrinking yourself, we actually have to focus on expanding all parts of yourself. I'm talking about emotional expansion. I'm talking about expanding into your purpose, expanding into that highest version of yourself. The alternative way of dealing with those pain points is you heal that wound from mom's words or the bully's words. And from that space, it feels easier to find self-compassion. And you begin to reconnect to yourself, to your hunger levels, to your fullness levels, to the things that light you up, to the things that you enjoy, the things that you're passionate about. You start to connect to your intuition and you begin trusting yourself and honoring yourself. Now we're moving up that emotional vibration ladder. We start to notice joy and energy and happiness and hope. And when we're operating from this space, you better believe the body and your weight, it just lands where it's meant to be. You just land where it's meant to be. It's secondary. It doesn't need to be the primary focus. So triggers, points of activation, they're simply your body's way of saying, hey, can you pay attention? There's a wound here. There's something here we need to address. So take the action steps, reduce the alcohol, hide the scale, but the most important step is to really address the core wound, the wounds that are still getting triggered. This is something that I am so honored to be able to help you with. To be able to identify those core wounds and to heal them is one of the greatest gifts that frees you up from so much. It really allows you to operate from that whole space. Every single one of you listening, you are whole. You know, there's nothing within you to fix. There's invitations to expand though. So if you have a body image wound, a self-love wound, a food wound that you're ready to heal and you are ready to step into that best version of yourself, that highest version of yourself, the one that's not constantly being triggered 
by the photos or the scale or the comments or the alcohol isn't driving the show anymore. I can't promise you that alcohol won't continue to trigger you because it's a foreign substance that we're putting into our body. (laughs) But I can help you in getting alignment with the choices that you're making as to whether or not that actually is aligned with you in this moment on your journey. If you know you have any wound that you are ready to heal, that you're ready to look at, I am here to help. So you can always book a breakthrough call with me to go a little bit deeper with this. I know some of you are working with a therapist and this is a beautiful opportunity or conversation to bring up with them. But book a breakthrough call with me. We will identify that area where you're getting triggered, tripped up, that keeps getting lit up or activated. And then we'll look at where it is that you want to be. You know, maybe we're even using that emotional vibration skill and looking at, you know, I want to feel confident. I want to feel happy. I want to feel supportive of other women instead of jealous and in that space of comparison. I want to feel connected and aligned. And then we talk about how do we get you from where you are now to where you want to be. It's my greatest honor and joy. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I need to take the step. I need to take the first step. I've got a freaking wound. It's tripping me up. It's holding me back. This is your sign. Click that link. Book a breakthrough call with me. I cannot wait to chat with you. In the meantime, remember that quote. I want some of you to just go take a thousand naked pictures of yourself and enjoy this beautiful body that you've been given because I can guarantee you the 80-year-old version of you is going to look back at the you right here, right now, and she is going to think, oh my God. You're perfect. You had it all. Everything that you wanted, it was within. It was happening all around you. The good, the bad, the hard, the beautiful. She would just want you to be present with all of it. Closing your eyes for a moment, imagining that older version of you, looking at the you right now, seeing that picture of you that made you cringe. And just notice what it is that she is telling you in this moment. Notice what bubbles up. Notice what she wants you to hear. Take that inner wisdom with you and carry it with you throughout this week. Make sure you grab the handout with the scale, with all of these strategies and steps that we talked about. It's my gift to you. If this episode landed, if it supported you in any way, please take a moment to share it with one or two people. I personally have had my life impacted by little bits of content or good books that people have read. And so by sharing it, you never know who you might be helping or supporting in their life. It feels good for you. It feels good for the person. And I am certainly so, so, so grateful. All right, everyone, take what resonates, leave the rest behind. I can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week.
Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.